that God presents to today something very, uh, maybe not new, but in a way that um, brings meaning and, and, and it just, it lands. I, I just, my prayer is that it lands today. So, so before we pray, I, I just want to ask, uh, have any of you made any New Year's resolutions? None? Yes. See, someone's honest. So there's, there's a few in the house, right? Okay. Um, have you been able to keep the one that you made last year? <laughs> come, come on. Uh, come on. All right. I looked at some lists, and as you can rem- you know, imagine, there's, there's so many things that, uh, that we all have in common. For example, in most of the lists that I've compared, the top five all have to do, number one, with exercise, losing weight, diet, or healthy eating. I kind of lump those two together. That's kind of like the top one. Everything, you know, they, that's common. The next thing, the most common one, was to save money, you know, get out of debt, improve finances, kind of lump those together. The third one was get a new job. Steve, no. <laughs> um, now, the fourth one is... You know, learn a new skill or try something new. Try something different. And, and those were the most common that I, when I compared. Now, <clears throat> let me ask you all something. I mean, what is it? Um, why do we make resolutions to begin with? Why, why do we, what, what are they all about? Say again? Better yourself. Make, make things better. Make things different. Uh, to change the quality of your life. You, you want things to be better. You want things to be a little bit different. Amen? Okay, so now, with that in mind, I mean, and, and, and those of you who uh, were here with us on uh, New Year's Eve, we, I, I, I appreciate the fellowship, and, and I, I enjoyed that, and there was a handful of us that held out for 12 o'clock, <laughs> we saw it in, we were ready to go after that, <laughs> but we saw it, but, but, you know, if you'll remember, one of the things that, um, that I had said then, and, and many of you have agreed, that so many of us were hearing so coming, man, we're so glad 2020 is over, thank God for 2021, it's just a number, it's just a number, what's going to be different, what's going to be different, are, are you with me? Are you with me? So I want to share with you um, out of Isaiah, chapter 42, verse 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Hallelujah. So God, our Father in heaven, we love you. And we're here in the name of Jesus. We're gathered in your name, Jesus. We're hoping, Lord, that you will come and fill us up. We want to be changed. We don't want to start this year and and just make strides or steps in our own power according to our own nature. But Lord, we want to make strides and steps according to your spirit. We want your will to be done in our lives. So Lord, we're here because we want you to feed us something. Something that would help us in that cause. Something that would help us to walk more according to the purpose and plan that you've called us to. So Lord, please... Holy Spirit, teach us, lead us, and guide us. And some of these scriptures that we've read time and time again are some of these things that we may share that, that we've heard before. But Lord, somehow, some way, let it be new to us. Change us, make us new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, so look, at, I want to tell you, when, when Isaiah prophesied this, uh, he prophesied this 
approximately 800 years before it actually happened. He, he was prophesying, of course, of the coming of Christ, the Messiah, and the new covenant. Right? So let me just repeat that again. Behold, the former things have come to pass. They've come, they've passed. They've, they've come, they've gone. They've come, that's it, it's over. And new things I declare. New things. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen. Amen? And, and, you know, I mean, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah 31, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But look at verse 33. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. The new covenant, something new. So what was prophesied all of those centuries before, before it happened, Jesus came 2,000 years ago. He did that new thing. Amen? And gave us the ability to be made new. Amen? So happy new year. So now, back to the New Year's resolution thing. I, I, I saw another list. I, I noticed this other list. And there were a couple of things from this list that were uncommon. And I loved it. This was number one. Number one New Year's resolution on this list. Actually do my New Year's resolutions. <laughs> that was, I'm saying, yes! Yes and amen! Because so many times during the course, I'm just going to speak to Tony. I don't want to tick anybody off. Lord knows I'm good at that. I'm just going to speak to Tony. So many times in my years past where I'd make a New Year's resolution and, you know, after a few months, that gets old. Go back into those old habits, you know. Or something happens and I say, well, I'm going to allow myself this indulgence and then before you know it, one indulgence leads to another and to another and I don't go to the gym anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. But this, this other one on this list, I just love it because it flew in the face of the number one on the list <laughs> of the most common. And that is, eat more of my favorite foods. <laughs> eat more of my favorite foods. Now, that is not going to line up very well with diet, exercise, lose weight. <laughs> So number one is no more number one. This is number one and number two on everybody's list. And <laughs> number one says, I'm going to eat more of my favorite foods because I'm actually do what my resolution says I'm going to do. If I ate more of my favorite foods, there'd be no room up on this platform. We'd have to reinforce this platform because it would not be able to hold Tony. <laughs> Amen? Well, you didn't have to agree. <laughs> but now... There's, there's something else. I, I heard a quote this week, and I can't remember where. It was on the radio, or if, I, I just can't remember where I heard it. But this is a quote. Don't worry about fulfilling your New, New Year's resolutions. Because it's all in the effort. Huh? Don't worry about fulfilling your New Year's resolutions because it's all in the effort. So it's the effort that counts. It's not necessarily fulfilling what you've resolved to do. Okay, so I'm going to resolve to lose weight or, you know, change my diet, but don't worry about it if I don't. What result do I expect that I'm going to get if I don't? Are, are you with me? 
What's the sense of making a resolution if you're not going to abide by it? If the whole goal is for you to make something better, if to improve the quality of your life, to improve the kind of person or to be that person that you want to be, speaking sp- strictly in a secular sense or you know non-spiritual sense. But what is the you know if I do want to um, improve my physique, my health? I want to exercise and I want to do those things. Why? Well, because I, I want to be healthy. I, I, you know, I don't want to be a, a strain or a drain on my wife as I'm getting older, so I want to make sure I'm, I'm healthy. Uh, you know, I want to live a better quality of life, be able to enjoy life with my wife, with my grandchildren, and so on and so forth. So I resolve that I'm going to go ahead and eat healthy, take care of my body, blah, blah, blah. So I want to do it. But then I never go ahead. But I, but I go ahead and I say, I'm going to eat more of my favorite foods. It's not going to work. I can't expect to get the results. Are you with me? So, I don't get that. And see, part of the problem, my brothers and sisters, is we're living in a culture that is that way. What do what I mean by that? That it's, it's, it's symbolism over substance. You know, if I, if I have good intentions, that's good enough. And that's, that's where we are. I mean, I think it's even become that way in the church. Because we have good intentions and because we mean to do well, because we mean to follow Christ, well, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I, I stopped cursing and I don't smoke as much as I used to and I, you know, I, I only smoke dope on special occasions or whatever the case may be. I don't smoke near as much as I used to. I, whatever the, you know, and I'm not trying to make fun. I'm saying there are legitimately Christians that believe this. Amen. Or because... You know, I don't blatantly lie. Okay, so now watch. I'm not trying to pick out, you know, what you may or may not be doing. What I'm saying to you is, my brothers and sisters, the intention uh, doesn't really make the work. You know, the the symbolism, or just because I feel like or I intend to do good, that doesn't mean that I did good. Right? Okay. Uh, We're all there, right? Okay, so then you're not going to mind when I start reading out of Romans chapter 7. Hallelujah. I'm going to begin in verse 18. I really would like to read the whole chapter, but I know some of you probably were up late last night studying the Bible and you're not going to be able to... (laughs) So in verse 18, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members o oh, wretched man that i am who will deliver me from this body of death i thank god through jesus christ our lord so then with the mind i myself serve the law of god but with the flesh the law of sin let me pause here. A lot of words. What did Paul just say? See, now some people, my brothers and sisters, will say to you that, see, this is Paul. He's admitting that he has a sin problem. Absolutely, positively, no way. 
He's, that's not, no, Paul is saying what happens when he was trying to follow the law without Jesus, without the Spirit of God. He's saying as human beings, we really realize that there's nothing good in us. Where it, we, he, He's saying, you, you, know, you fix your mind, you're going to follow the, the law of God. It's your heart's desire, you want to follow God. But then something happens and you just can't do it. And the thing that you don't want to do, that's what you do. This is what the, now. This is not saying this is Paul in and no. Paul's not saying I, no. Before Jesus, this is what, what this is what we realize, and that's what the Book of Romans tells us. The Book of Romans is an awesome book. It's Judeo Christianity. I mean, just as clear as it could be. And so now Paul's saying, okay, so now I'm, I'm trapped in this body. Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? I thank God in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So now, let me read the first verse of chapter 8 because this is, what he, he, this is what it boils down to. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So what is Paul saying? We have to walk according to the Spirit. See, it's, it's not about now trying to be conscious of this law and then follow the law because we know that the law, it just, it just tells me that I'm sinful. And this is what he's saying in chapter 7. In chapter 6, he's telling us, man, the, that, that the wages of, you know, you're, you're going to sin and it's going to cause you to die. In chapter 3, the wages of sin is death. Uh, you know, my brothers and sisters, this is saying, listen, there is a way. His name is Jesus. But you have to walk according to the Spirit of Jesus. Amen? Oh, that's so good. I'm glad you said amen. So don't worry about fulfilling the resolutions that you make. Because it's all in the effort. No, don't worry about fulfilling the law of God, but make the effort in following Jesus by the Spirit. The effort is no longer what the law says. The effort is the law has been fulfilled in Christ. Now i just got to make the effort in following Christ by His Spirit. Amen? Okay, sermon over. Let's go home. Sit down. No, but see, so now you have this old covenant... The old covenant, the law, and then you have the new covenant. Remember, God told us very specifically through his prophets, there's going to be a new thing coming. And he said the new thing is going to be where the law is going to be written down on the inside of you, and I'm going to put my spirit inside of you. So this this new covenant, this gospel of Jesus. And you know, guys, you know what gospel translates from? Good news. Good news. So there's good news. What's the good news? The good news is there is a way for me to live like God has called me to live. He made the way. He is the way. And He gave me His Spirit and, show, and showed me the way, guides me along the way, empowers me to do it as, as we're going on this way. Isn't this such an... That's the good news. The good news is you are no longer enslaved to sin. The good news is that you sin can no longer control you. And as much as your flesh wants to, there's something greater in you that you can yield to and make sure that it doesn't. Are you with me? Okay. In Matthew, I'm going to read this to you. In Matthew, this was the Last Supper. And those of us who enjoyed communion together on, on um, Thursday, it was, it was a wonderful thing. I, I really enjoyed that. And I want to thank you again. I, I really appreciated the fellowship. And this, my brothers and sisters, this says it. This, this is all part of this. Then he, Jesus, took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, his, his apostles. And he said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, 
which is shed for many for the remission of sins. There is, it's not just shed for the sins, but it's of this new covenant. See, I, I, I almost didn't want to bring this to you because it's, and, I, and Michelle will get mad at me for saying this, because it's just so, it's so basic, so rudimentary. I, could say, I, I just told my, my mother, I could preach the ser- same sermon almost every week and it would still be just as meaningful because it's the Word of God, number one, but also because we have, you know what, what good would it be for me to stand up in here and talk about demonology? all the Bible codes and try to figure this out and just, you know, try to, you know, really figure out the ins and outs in every nook and cranny of revelation and all of this stuff. If we can't adhere to the very basics of the gospel, if we don't understand the truth of the gospel, the gospel is the good news. The good news is that we don't have to be slaves to sin anymore. Right? So until we get that, none of that other stuff is really going to matter a whole lot. So we'll continue. And I'm, I'm so glad that I'm getting amens from my granddaughter back there. Hallelujah. Somebody's listening. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. She's good. At least somebody's helping me preach. <laughs> See, this is the thing that we can absolutely know for certainty. For certainty. Jesus sealed this covenant with His blood. We know because the Bible tells us, and it's been, and, and they, it was a truth that was understood. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. So we know that He had to shed His blood for the remission of sin, that we might be reconciled back to God. But He also, I want you to really have this language in your heart: that covenant is sealed with His blood. So that means it's not just about the remission of sins; it's also now we're in in covenant with God. We are in a covenant with God. This is an awesome thing. We need to take it seriously. Jesus brought that to us and He sealed it with His own blood. He sh- and because of His life and His testimony and because of His resurrection, we know beyond any shadow of any doubt He was the one. He was qualified. He lived it. Right? He got up on that cross and sealed it with His own blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me read to you out of Ephesians real quick. In Him, chapter 1, verse 13, in Him you also have trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel, the good news of your salvation, in whom you also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. See what it's saying? So look, He sealed the covenant with His blood, but He also gave us this promise, the Holy Spirit. So look at what it's saying to us. Now, not only do we have this, this, the assurance of His shed blood, His resurrection, and we've been told that we have this, we've already been given a down payment on what's going to happen later on. And listen, because this has already happened, you can be guaranteed that the rest of what He said is going to happen. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter how you feel, you know, where you find yourself right in this moment. If you are a believer of, in Christ Jesus and you believe that the shed blood of Christ is, is the payment that was needed to listen, to wash away your sins. But then also it sealed the covenant. And then you receive this promise, this guarantee. Look at verse 14. Guarantee of the inheritance. You are, you are guaranteed. You don't have to wait and see. 
God is not sitting up there twiddling his thumbs and just, let's see how this is all going to turn out. God knows exactly how it's going to turn out because it's going to turn out exactly how he intended it to turn out and he knows who is going to trust him to the very end. And my brothers and sisters, that's me, that's you, that's some of us in this room and some of us who are listening uh, online right now. We have a guarantee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is this proof this evidence that we have this covenant with Him. So you've already given proof and evidence. Hallelujah. You have a personal, you have a personal covenant. You, listen, you as an individual, with this church, yeah, with us as a group, corporately, yes, but, but think about it in this way. Think about it personally. You personally, you personally have a covenant. You're in covenant with God. And see, you don't have to worry about at the end of this thing when you look, God, God is going to have uh, John Morgan standing next to him to try and say, well, maybe I don't need to, you know, you know maybe you, you know, no, it's not going to happen that way. What God promised, you don't have to worry about, is he going to deliver? What God promised, he's going to deliver. See, we're, we're so used to dealing with the here and now and, and some of the people who have maybe you know, led us astray or, move, or you know, the, the, this, this litigious society that we live in where contracts and covenants are made to be broken. Baloney. Again, theological term, look it up. Baloney. No, my brothers and sisters, that's not the way God operates. So that when you're in this covenant with Him, you can count on it. And because, listen, and He wants you, and He doesn't want you to just, okay, just sit alone and just, just wait and, and you, you're just going to trust me blindly and all this. God has blessed you. He's blessed you with His Holy Spirit. So you have this. Oh my gosh, this is so good. I'm about to preach myself happy. Bring on 2021. 2 Corinthians, chapter 5. I'm going to read some and then you'll see some on the board. Beginning in verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now look at what the Apostle goes on to say, or the Holy Spirit, rather, through the Apostle. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Hallelujah. You don't have to wonder, you don't have to guess about what. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. What is, that? What is he saying? That while we're in this body, we're not with the Lord. No, what he's saying, listen, that even if this body is withering away, and we're so worried about something's going to happen, you know, if something's going to happen to my body, or you know, my health is bad, or someone's going to kill me, or, or whatever, my life may end. So, when your life ends, you're promised, you're guaranteed to be with Him. Hallelujah. But, what he's saying, look at what the Holy Spirit adds. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We know we have the guarantee by the Spirit. We have the guarantee that what He promised, He's going to do. That if the breath was to leave my body, I'll be with Him. No question, no ifs, ands, or buts. I don't have to worry about passing go and collecting $200. For some of you oldies, that was a, or you youngies, that was, that's an old game us oldies used to play. Hallelujah. You guys don't do that no more. 
It's all electronic these days. That's from the gates of hell, too, I'm just saying. <laughs> but I, I want to go back, for we know our earthly house says ten is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands in eternal heavens. We don't need to be concerned. I mean, don't get me wrong, folks. I'm not standing here trying to tell you, you know, just live nonchalantly and go ahead and, and uh, take care of that one resolution. Eat your favorite foods and, you know, don't worry about it. No, don't look like Pastor Tony and look like a beach ball with a head and feet. It's not that away. It's not, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, you should take care of your body. You should go ahead and, and, and really be mindful of, of eating right and being healthy and all that. But... Not to the point where we're so worried about this and that and the other thing. Let me just point out, because we're here in the middle of this pandemic, I, I never say to anybody, well, you know, just if you're wearing a mask, you're, you're unholy. If you're wearing a mask, you don't have faith. That's baloney. I, I don't believe that. If you, if you choose to do that, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Whenever I go into a store, I'm wearing a mask. I don't care about me. I care about other people. That's it. I go to a restaurant, wear the mask. Get to the table, take the mask off. Okay, if it makes other people feel comfortable, and if, God forbid, I happen to be carrying the virus, hey, I don't know about it, because, you know, whatever the case may be, I don't want to infect somebody. I don't want... But see, so I'm not trying to say to you, just live cavalierly with your life and with your body, and don't worry about taking care of things or doing things right. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, don't be so afraid so that you've... You know, that's not faith. Faith is, and then faith isn't also, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to you know, jump up, just like Jesus was tempted by the enemy. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tempt faith by doing things dangerous. So I'm going to tempt faith by eating all the chocolate chip ice cream my heart's desire. I'm, I can't do that. I mean, I can, but I won't. Partly because Michelle won't let me, partly because the Holy Spirit won't let me. <laughs> but you understand what I'm trying to say. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm trying not to make light of it, but at the same time, do you, do you hear my heart? So I don't ever want to come across them saying, well, yeah, don't go to doctors and don't do this, don't do that. But at the same time, don't be so afraid to live your life and walk by faith. Amen? Amen. All right. Colossians. Chapter 1, 26 and 27. We'll have part of it up there. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints... What, what mystery is he talking about? Christ. That's what he's talking about. And that, that was what was promised. Just in, in, there, there are many, you, you guys know, there are many prophecies of the Messiah, right? We just went over two of them out of Jeremiah and Isaiah, but there are many prophecies in Scripture in the Old Testament about the coming Messiah. But this is the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. How does Christ live in you? Holy Spirit. His Spirit is in you. When you become born again, you're dealt a measure of His Spirit. You receive the Spirit of adoption. You have the Spirit in you. That's exactly what was prophesied those hundreds of years before Jesus was on the scene, before Jesus was born. And so now this is what we have. So now we have, not only do we have this guarantee, but you have hope. Hope for what? For the future glory. I'm not always going to be this way. Thank God. I'm not always going to be this way. You're not always going to be the way you are. You're going to, be, you're going to have a new body. You're going to be different. You're going to, you're going to change in the twinkling of an eye. But then you're going to see Him face to face. And then you're going to change. My brothers and sisters, 
Hallelujah. So there's this hope that we have. It's not just about having the Holy Spirit inside of us and we're guaranteed and we're going to sit here and wait. No, it's not. It, it's guaranteed, but we have also hope. And the reason why uh, hope is important is because things go bad while we're here. Things don't always go according to expectation. You know? And so we can, you know, sometimes lose hope and take our eyes off of the expectation or what's been guaranteed to us. Remember not too long ago, I read to you or we, or part of our sermon about being complacent. You know, uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What treasure? Holy Spirit. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of God may, that may be of God. The excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Right? So we're pressed, we're crushed, we're challenged, uh, we're perplexed but we're not lost. We're not destroyed. Amen? Alright. Hallelujah. So, also in Corinthians, therefore, 2 Corinthians 4, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. This tent, remember? This tent, this tabernacle, is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed. Happy New Year. Renewed day by day. See, He's given us this newness that we can, be, we can be renewed day by day. And my brothers and sisters, remember, we're called to walk in the Spirit. When we walk in the Spirit, then we are receiving these things. What things? We know that we're guaranteed. We never lose hope. And we're being made new every day. We're being made new every day. Are you with me? That's our part of the covenant. To walk in the Spirit. See, God has, has, has made this covenant with us and He's delivered on every bit of it, hasn't He? Come on. He's, he's delivered on every bit of it. He showed us exactly how He felt about us and he, and he paid His own price. And then He did fulfill the promise that He made. Amen? So now, what's our end of the covenant? Well, we had a little bit of a taste of that in... in 8.1. Romans 8.1. Right? Okay. So now let's go down a little bit in Romans chapter 8 beginning in verse 5. We just had two, two verses here. Verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So when you, when you look at Romans, and Romans is teaching us that the wages of sin is death, that's just the way it is. God, is, it, God didn't plan on, okay, I'm going to create man, and then let's see, what am I going to do when he sins? No, it was already a spiritual law that the wages of sin is death. And he didn't create hell and that second death. He didn't intend man to experience that second death. He created us to live forever with him. Amen? So... Hell was created for the enemy and all of those who chose to follow him, all of those angels that chose to follow him. But now, because the wages of sin is death, that's a spiritual law. And that's what Romans teaches. And, and God gave a law to show us that we were, in, we were sinners and we were ne- in need of, of help. We, we needed a Savior. And so, again, good news, he came and he did that and he fulfilled the promises he didn't just leave us to fulfill the law ourselves and so that none of us would be saved. By the works of the law shall no flesh be saved. Isn't that what it says? Anybody? Okay, so my brothers and sisters, 
He went ahead and he gave us a new covenant. He's kept his end of the covenant. Now this is keeping our end of the covenant. What is our end? Being in Christ, walking after the Spirit. And we need to walk after the Spirit. How do we do that? We've got to make up our minds. For those who are living according to the flesh, could you put, yeah, thank you, Mary. She never took it down. For those who who live according to the flesh, set their minds. So where's your mind? Is it still about pleasing this, making things more comfortable for this? Is it still being guided by, you know, uh, the things that comfort you in the natural versus being more adherent and more alive according to the supernatural? Do you care more about what people think of you than what God thinks of you? Do you care more about how you feel than how others feel? I mean, all of those things are, you know, setting your mind or you know, your fleshly mind is, is working in you to do those things that please you, your flesh, your natural man. And, and that's what he says, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded... So I have to... See, I, there's, something has to happen in my mind, in my heart, in my being. There has to be this change. And the change can't be one of these things where my brothers and sisters, I just make a mental decision that I'm going to change and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read the Bible and I'm going to try my best to do it. See, we already know that that can't be done. And we already know that God never intended it to be done that way. How do we know? Look at where we were before. God said, I'm going to write my laws on their heart and I'm going to put my spirit in them. See, we can't do that. What has to happen is the spirit is in us writing the laws in us. The Spirit is, is influencing us on the inside. And then from the inside, we live the outside. What's inside should show on the outside. And, and so, so, yeah, this is a very basic and rudimentary kind of message, isn't it? Man, yeah, but... Why do we have... We're still having problems with this. And, and, and none of us are, are, are perfect in this. But so, so I want to ask you, you know, if we're so careful to make these New Year's resolutions because we want to improve our quality of life, we want... You know what? And generally speaking, it's not a bad thing to want to be a better human being. It's not a bad thing to want... Again, I know I'm repeating, but please hear my heart here. It's not a bad thing to want to be healthier. It's not a bad thing to want to try a new hobby or do something, learn something different. Those things aren't bad things in and of themselves. But if we're going to take the time and we think of ourselves or we think in those terms, why wouldn't we go ahead and and pay attention to this? I'm going to live differently according to the Spirit of God. I want to be more in tune with the Spirit. I'm making up my mind now, not that I'm going to just lose weight. I'm going to make up my mind now that I'm going to change my diet so that my flesh isn't being fed and I'm not made comfortable through eating. I'm going to go ahead and make my mind up that I'm not going to drink anymore because even if I just get the edge off, that's not what God has called me to do. Wine is a mocker, small, strong drink, a brawler. You are not called to do those things. I'm going to just smoke uh, every holiday, or I'm only going to do this once in a while. I'm only going to do that because after all, I need to get the edge knocked off. I'm so stressed. Now, go to the Holy Spirit. 
Because when we indulge the flesh that way, that's exactly what we're doing. We're walking according to the flesh. Our mind is geared toward flesh. So, why don't we go ahead and we have to have this, this mind that's more in tune with the Spirit of God that's in us. We have to go ahead and understand, listen, there's no halfway with this thing. God has, has promised us. God has given us this covenant. And we can't go ahead and be partakers of the covenant and just live any old way we want to. God has made that very plain. But the thing about our God is, listen, He gives us the power, this, this Holy Spirit, He gives us the power and the ability to fulfill our part of the covenant. He gives us the knowledge and the understanding and then the power. Grace is all about Holy Spirit power being able to live those things that God has blessed us with. Amen? Amen. I want to just give you an example. I've got so many more scriptures but I, 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 I don't want to do that because I know how much you love that. Instead, I'm just going to read you out of the Bible. Same thing. Hallelujah. I'm going to go to Luke in 24. I'll try to summarize some of it, but there's some I just want to, say, I just want to read exactly how um, it's said. So we know that Jesus was, uh, was crucified and he was raised and there were people that, there were some disciples that he had appeared to. Now days after he, uh, he had raised, he, he was, um, there were two that were on the road to Emmaus. These were disciples that had been in Jerusalem and they're back, they're, I guess they're going back home now. And so as they're walking, uh, they're talking about uh, all of those things that had taken place. And Jesus walks up behind them. And in verse 17, he says to them, What kind of conversation is this that you guys are having one with another? Then one of those whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things which happened in these days? And he said to them, What, what things? So they said to Jesus, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today uh, is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and a certain woman of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that he had also, they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And a certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he, Jesus, said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Speak to me, Lord, O foolish ones, who are slow of heart to believe that all the prophets have, have spoken. See, it's, it's me. I have to make up my mind. Did what they say is, is true? Is, is what they said, is, is it true? And once I've made my mind up that it's true, then I have no choice. I mean, I do have a choice. But it's an obvious choice, isn't it? So Christ said, Ought not the, the, ought not the Christ to have, have suffered these things and to enter into His glory? See, isn't, didn't the prophets say that this was supposed to happen? See, we were hoping that He was going to be the, the Christ, that He was going to be the Chosen. We were hoping that He was going to be the Messiah. Oh, wait a minute. You don't know your Bible. You must have skipped Sunday school that day because didn't the prophets say that that was what was supposed to happen? 
And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, expounded to them in all the scriptures that things that concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going. And he in, in indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him, Jesus, saying, Abide with us, for uh, it is toward evening, and the day is spent. And he went to stay with them. Now it came to pass, he sat at the table with them. He took bread, blessed, broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened. You see that? Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. See, my brothers and sisters, listen, I, I just, listen to what they said. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? Okay, to me, my brothers and sisters, this is the, this is the key. So, so let me give you the Antoni language. So now you have these two disciples. They said, they confessed, they were, think, they were looking at this as their Messiah. So now, you, you're, let me say it this way. You're, all your eggs are in the Jesus basket. This is it. This is the one. They followed him. And they knew, they were close enough disciples. They knew the rest of the apostles. They knew the twelve. They were close enough and they were there or they were in close proximity whenever Mary came back, whenever the women reported back. So they were there. They were part of the group. These were close disciples. They followed Jesus. They followed Him. And they were thinking, this is it. And now He's dead. Can you imagine the disappointment? And now He's risen. We're confused. Is this really... They saw him. We hadn't seen him yet. I mean, he was, I thought he was going to be the king, like the Davidic king, and you know, we were going to be all freed. And all. What? They're confused. So disappointment. Confusion. What we expected didn't happen. Now this other thing is happening, which we don't even understand, not even a little bit. My brothers and sisters, since you've been walking with Christ, have you experienced any of that? Yeah, yes and amen. Was I ever disappointed? Yes. Have I ever been confused? Yes. Have things happened that, you know, that I didn't expect? I expected something else and, God, you know, why is this happening? I, I'll tell you, when my granddaughters got, my baby granddaughters got COVID, I was mad. God, how, how can this happen? I mean, I've prayed for them and, and there they are. Back there as healthy as they can be. Here they are. Many times in my walk with Christ, man, there were those things where I said, okay, God, I don't understand this. This is not supposed to happen. And you know what? Now that I'm older and more mature in Christ, you know, I don't even ask that question anymore. I, I, I get mad. Don't get me wrong. But I know that there's a purpose and there's a plan behind it. I don't always understand it. But see, just like these men on the road to Emmaus, there has to be this encounter with Christ. They had, well see man, if, if Jesus would have appeared to me and opened up my eyes, He has appeared to you. He has. He's put His Spirit in you. You need to get your eyes opened. You need to go ahead and listen, stop looking at those things of the world. Stop looking at the things of the flesh. Stop being mindful of those things. You know something, you see. See, there is not any of you who have ever been under this teaching that can stand before God and say, you didn't know. If you're in my house, there's no way that you could say, you didn't know. No way. 
And we can't, see my brothers and sisters, and we can't say, well, God, I intended to. See, remember, it's not about the intention. It's not, you know, uh, just making it look good, or at least I had that intention in my heart, so that's good enough. It doesn't work that way. So you're saying, I've got to earn heaven by works. No, you've got to earn heaven by following the Spirit. By yielding to the Spirit of Jesus inside of you. Let Him open up your eyes. Have an encounter with Jesus. Don't just read the Scripture. Let Him explain the Scripture to you. In some cases, as I'm speaking, some of you are getting revelation. You know, it's not because Tony's saying it. It's because God is speaking something through me to you that only you understand. The same words that I'm speaking to everybody might mean something different to everybody. Come on now. That's the way His Spirit works. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to stay in tight relationship with you. He wants you to succeed. But not as the world calls success. Not as your own flesh calls success. But according to the purpose and plan that the one who created you has called you to success. Amen? Amen. Let me ask y'all something. If I went to Publix where shopping is a pleasure, and I went ahead and I bought something that was a frozen piece of a frozen food, and I go home and I'm going to store it. So I open up the oven, I put it in there. Never turn the oven. I open up the oven, I put it in there, and I you know, just go on my merry way. What's going to happen? That's going to spoil. It's not going to be... When I, go, when I open up that oven some days later, yeah, I'm going to know I made a mistake. Now, as silly as this sounds, that's what some of us try to do. What? We're trying to go ahead and be useful in an area that we're not intended to be. God is the one who created you. He knows what He created you for. So stop bucking God's system and go with the Holy Spirit of God. Let Jesus open your eyes and walk according to His Spirit and you will succeed. Amen. You know how I know that? Yes, because I'm smart. No, because we look at all that we just read. He's guaranteeing it. He's guaranteed it. You have a guarantee. Hallelujah. You have a guarantee and you have that guarantee that's alive inside of you. He's already had, God already has a proven track record, doesn't He? He did and does exactly what He says He's going to do. So He said that I'm going to get a new body someday. Guess what? It's going to be about six foot four. You know, me and Eddie will be seeing eye to eye in heaven. That's all I'm saying. No, but, but, but regardless of, of what it is, I, know I like to make fun a little bit, but regardless of what it is, it, here's the thing. I'm going to get to see Him face to face. Hallelujah. I'm going to be changed into something that resembles Him. Oh my Lord, have mercy. Oh. And so, so you mean to tell me that you know, I'm going to maybe sell short down here? No. I need to get a hold of Jesus. I need to get, I need to get revelation from Jesus. I want, to be in, I want to be in lockstep with Jesus. I want Him to open my eyes and let me see. Are you with me? Come on. Are you with me? Amen. Listen, in Revelation... Uh, chapter 21, verse 5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. So, if you're sick and tired of 2020, and sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you're sick and tired of the old, he makes all things new. Hallelujah. 
So I've got, a, I've got some a New Year's resolution for Tony. Mary, let's show him what, my new, my, what my list looks like. Here's my New Year's resolution. Study the Bible. Do what it says. <laughs> it's simple. It's simple, isn't it? Simple to say. Simple to say. Hard to do. Hard to do when we haven't made that mind up that that's what we're going to do. Hard to do when we try to do it without the Spirit of Jesus. Right? And that's the thing, my brothers and sisters. I want you to walk away here today. If, if God willing, Lord, help me. Don't, my, not my heart, Lord. Not my will, but yours. So, Lord, help all of us to walk away today with a new, a renewed exuberance, a new zeal to live in covenant with You knowing full well, Lord, that You intend for us to succeed. You intend for us to be happy, to be fulfilled, to have joy, and all those fruits that You provide according to Your Spirit. Lord, help us to have this renewed sense of urgency to walk. Father, help us to renew, be renewed in the spirits of our minds. Father, that we, that we may walk according to the Spirit that You've placed in us. That we would continue to be, be washed and renewed. Lord, forgive us for allowing ourselves to have uh, anger. Forgive us, Lord, for allowing ourselves to dip our toe in the pond, thinking that, you know, as long as we don't fully dive in, we'll be okay. Lord, forgive us. Father, help us from this day forward, Lord, to be so intent to fulfill our end of the covenant that it shows immediately. Father, not that we feel good, but Father, that we're more able and equipped to walk by faith and not by sight. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen? Stand with me, please. That was, that was part of the preach. That was a preaching prayer. Hallelujah. God is so good, isn't He? And He will fulfill His end of the covenant. You will have these promises. Amen? Amen. So now look, here's what I'd like to do. If there's anybody in here, something that was said clicked. It, it just clicked. You know that the Holy Spirit was ministering to you. Just listen. Just for the sake of profession before Jesus Christ. Not me. I'm not going to come and lay a hand on you. Put your hand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God sees your hand. Now look, I don't know why all the hands weren't up, but you do. You do. So now look, here's the thing. Let's, let's pray this prayer of agreement. Let's pray this prayer of agreement. Father God, as we go into this new year, as I've prayed just a moment ago, Father, for all of those things that are necessary and needed to fulfill your call in each and every one of us, Father, I pray that those things be whole and complete. Father, again, I pray that we have a new unction, a new zeal. But Lord, even more than that, Father, I pray that we resolve here and now that we will live after You. Lord, bless us with revelation knowledge. Lord, open our eyes. Those who have raised their hands, Lord, I believe in my heart and they believe in theirs right now that You're going to touch us and You're going to make something new. Father, we we stand on it. We're landing on that right now. You're going to make things new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, give us the faith that we may see it and realize it in the Spirit and not walk according to our flesh. 
Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody who believed and trusted said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'd love to sing a song, so if you guys want to sing something, let's sing before we leave. But if you do need prayer, I'd love to pray with you. If you want to touch and agree on something, that's great. It's fine. It doesn't have to be done. Understand, it's just a point of faith, and it's just the Word of God, to touching and agreeing. Amen? Amen. God bless you.